Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're flying high here already in 2024, feeling pretty good about a 7-3 and three night there on Tuesday. I don't know about you, Nate, but I saw a lot of people on like NBA Twitter and the like that were like, this is the worst NBA night ever, I got crushed. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, we did pretty well last night. Maybe we were sw- swimming upstream, but we did win uh, about three and a half units for you guys. So we'll continue to crush these things here on Wednesday night with a pretty big slate uh, after a, a, another decent sized slate in the NBA. We have best bets in this video. We also have a play a props video up as we do each and every weekday. So continue to follow along and like that page and uh, and subscribe to that page as well. Also want you to head to the lines.com, use everything we're putting up on the site right now and that odds finder tool that we have up there to make sure you're getting the best juice on all of these bets that you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first best bet and keep the good times rolling. I guess those folks faded SGA. Uh, probably not, not a good idea. I mean, that was responsible for a lot of our wins there last night. Him and Embiid very clearly the MVP front runners right now and bead coming back beating uh covering against the bulls but just barely with that back door being open which was a weird result but anyway yeah moving on to wednesday here huge slate uh clippers at suns and i'll take the clippers money line with the under it's 233 and just dropping a couple points here i'll once again bring up that you can get the original line at FanDuel for clippers actually as dogs plus one and a half and the under 234 um, and you know, now the Clippers are minus three and a half when it's been become very clear that Kevin Durant is not going to play here and that the Clippers have advantages all over the floor. The Clippers, you know, with Kawhi back are once again, uh, looking like an elite team. Um, and you know, they lost consecutive games, won in embarrassing fashion to the Celtics, but that was without Kawhi. And, and now they won, they won two without him. And then with him back against the heat, just an elite defensive performance, right? Holding hero. The Heat's top scorer to, to four for 13, did not make a two-point field goal, and finished minus 29. And now they're going to try to sick those wing defenders on Devin Booker, who's not going to have much help. Bradley Bill, still not healthy. Suns supporting cast is part of the reason Durant was, you know, showing such bad body language, not playing that well before he went out here. Um, and I don't think that there there's anything to really read into the fact that the Suns are four and one without KD this season. I think that's a lot of situational stuff. Their defensive rating eight points better because of the quality of opponents they played. They are scoring less, fewer, you know, getting fewer assists because teams don't have to double. Um, as good as Booker is, he is not the same gravitas as Kevin Durant, who even Kawhi Leonard cannot just match up on. Right? I mean, the Clips can throw Kawhi or PG at Book do a pretty good job. In fact, they have his last regular season, eight games against the Clips under 22, a game with a 108 defensive rating, offensive rating and under five assists per game. So I I don't see book going off in this spot. Um, You know, he did go off in the playoffs against them last year, but that was after Kawhi went out right in the first two book had a really bad game in game one. He bounced back game two, but on the other side, Kawhi, 35 points per game with a 133 rating, right? He was dominating that series. He's fully capable of dominating the Suns team, uh, even though he hadn't had much regular season success against them, which makes me think about the under here. I mean, Clippers are a team that, that you take unders with, right? 17-9 and nine to the under since they acquired James Harden. There was a brief lull in there for a while where they had the worst defensive rating, but they've, they've righted the ship here um and the the Suns since their seven game win streak ended nine and four to the under 
their offense not great. It's it's not going to be any better without Kevin Durant. No, it's not. The Suns are in trouble, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, at least relative to the expectations for this super team. Obviously, Bradley Beal barely playing at all is a big part of it. But yeah, once you get KD out too, now I'm like, I, I do love targeting unders. We, we did this with the Suns when KD was out uh, against the Kings. And we also targeted an under there, put that in the best bets because of the same concept. Like you, Bradley Beal's in, so you have two dudes who can score. Nurk is, is Nurk, uh, about 13 points or so. And then what are you going to get from Grayson Allen and, and company? No Damian Lee, at least one less shooter on the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kawhi being in there is huge for all of this. Their defensive rating is so much better with Kawhi in there this season, roughly 10 points better um, than the games that he's missed. So there's there's plenty of reason to like this. I, I'm, I'm on the Clippers as well. It's just I was looking at it last night, and I was like, it just there's no injury report for the Clippers. It feels like there could just be some random additions there at the end. You know, like I don't know how I'm going to get screwed by them, but in the meantime, this is definitely a good bet. So, uh, let me look at another game that I did have some some numbers for last night too, and nothing's really changed this morning with the Rockets and the Nets. Man, the Nets are, are poo poo, man. Uh, but we're going with Rockets over team total one fourteen and a half. Still get that at minus one ten, and. I mean, okay, it's, it, honestly, this whole bet started with me looking at this and going, okay, Nets on a back-to-back. I know what this team's doing right now. They've been backsliding. They're on the road. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league and on the road now, especially because they've got a 120 or so defensive rating, 119 in that area, on the road on the season. And at first we were like, maybe that's been a little bit misconstrued because they had some back-to-backs on the road and they got crushed. No, it's just, that's just what it is now. Uh, that's just what, what they are on the road right now as a team that's giving up about 120 points per game, playing at a slightly faster pace as well. Um, but then, you know, once I dove into it beyond just, oh, wow, the Nets are so bad at defense, um, which, by the way, let me finish up just how bad by saying also on no rest, they're really bad. 123 defensive rating, and uh, excuse me, 126 defensive rating in the games that they have no rest this season, allowing 123 a game. We've seen them give up uh, at least 125 or so to teams like the, uh, the Nuggets uh, and other good teams and then just beat other bad or lose by smaller amounts but to, to bad teams but they're giving up points like more points than these teams are averaging on the season so that that's how much i love fading the nets defense and then houston's offense um and lack of defense at home uh they've been a completely different team at home in the last seven games not winning nearly as much as well we should mention that they were ex- extremely hot sizzling coming out the gate i think what 10 and 0 or 9 and 0 10 and 1 right they were at, at home and now they've lost a few games since then and gone under 500 in the last uh five uh, seven home games or so but the point is is they're scoring 124 a game they're playing at 102 pace so i'm starting to buy into it um no dylan brooks is actually better oftentimes for their offense as we know because he is going to take a lot of doo-doo shots he's out in this game that does make things a little bit more uh seamless on offense because shangun don't look now is top four center in the NBA for sure. Top five, in my opinion. I mean, you can tell me Domas and, and one other guy might be better than him besides Jokic and Embiid, but I'm not taking too many guys over this dude. Maybe go bear this season. Uh, but point is, is like uh, with, with Alpi running the offense and out with Dylan Brooks, not in there, the, the lineup that uh, Shangun's in without Dylan Brooks, much better offensive ratings uh, for reasons that are obvious. He's, controlling the ball and he's their point guard center he's he's basically the equivalent of Jokic there and that's worked really well because his usage rate has gone up a bit he's been crushing it um scoring over uh, 20 points in like six of his last seven as well including five of six at home so I, I fully expect him to be in full control of this offense with them sort of established more established identity than they've had on offense where it's like you guys play off of this dude we've got Jabari Smith back Tari Eason's looking like he's going to play in this game as well so uh, I, I'm gonna take them to get 115 points when everybody's scoring at least like 180 on Brooklyn when they're on the road 
Yeah, I think you can take the Rockets to cover here. I mean, that was my first inclination. It's like, wow, the Nets, yeah. I mean, they have been really screwed by the schedule makers here. I mean, this is like eight, nine games in like 13 days, like like barely any time off. And they just punted a game against Milwaukee. And I I mean, maybe when you do something like that, it just kind of really affects the fight, uh, you know, the chemistry of your team when you're just like, we're literally going to throw a game away because we're throwing up our hands at the scheduling. And then, yeah, you saw what the effort they put at in New Orleans last night, which was, again, just like kind of punting. Um, you know, like, we're not in this. Let's let's just pull the plug. This this team is lackluster right now. And Houston, yeah, everything you said, playing much faster, scoring 120, playing at 100 pace, like looking like an NBA fast-paced offense uh, all of a sudden. And Dylan Brooks being out definitely helps with that game state. Yep. Um, so... Bucks looking for some revenge at the Pacers here after losing at home to their little brothers in the division. So I'll take a same game parlay Giannis 30 and 10 and the Bucks to win uh, even money there. If you want to, if you're, if you're a little worried about the Pacers winning again, uh, you could hedge that or, or take instead Tyrese Halliburton 20 points with those numbers for Giannis. But the Giannis numbers are something that I'm, uh, I have the utmost confidence in. I mean, he, he's coming off a triple double against Indy. Which, you know, Josh kind of sharply pointed out, like, maybe they're going, that his assists are going to go under now because Indy clearly, after getting absolutely roasted by him in the previous four meetings, were like, we got to force the ball out of his hands. We got to get more. And he had 11 dimes, you know, just reading the defense and doing that. Now they have to adjust again and probably give up more down low. Giannis is averaging now 45 points, 14 rebounds, and six assists with nearly 18 free throw attempts per game. Again, in his last five against Indy, shooting 70% from the floor. They have the opposite of answers. They have they have questions. Questions and questions arise when Giannis comes to play against this team. He has been motivated after losses. His last six, averaging 33 a game, 10.5 rebounds, which is uh, you know a little scary. I mean, the 10 rebounds, 30 points seems like an absolute lock here. I will say, though, only five of his last 20 has he had single-digit rebounds. So those Two of those blowouts over Detroit and Charlotte, teams that are not nearly as competitive as Indy will be at home. Two against the Knicks, a top rebounding team in terms of percentage. Um, and then on odd one where he had 31-9 and nine against Washington, and somehow Malik Beasley got 11 rebounds, which is never going to happen again. So, uh, <laughs> Chris Middleton, legit questionable tonight with knee management. Um, the last four he missed... Giannis, I mean, put up limited numbers against Detroit once again because those games are not competitive. In the competitive games, he had 36.5 points per game, 15.5 rebounds per game. So, yeah, he should be all over the place and, and looking to, you know, reassert dominance over this Pacers team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's there's interesting ways to play this game. It's always going to be worth talking about when these two teams play. I the, the I'm not worried about the 10 boards for Giannis nearly as much. I do think we get even faster than what we saw on uh, Monday when they played in Milwaukee. Indiana tends to play faster at home. Milwaukee's going to probably have to keep up with them a bit as well there. Pat Connaughton, also a potential late scratch. He is now on the, the list. And when you see a guy come on to the injury report after he wasn't on it, right, like day of. So yesterday's injury report, no Pat Connaughton. Today's injury report, Pat Connaughton kind of indicates he's not going to play, to be honest. If you if you all of a sudden p- pick something up at, like, shoot-around that they are aware of, doesn't seem like you're, you're going to make a, a turnaround. So, like the idea of him not playing for your bet as well, like it for an under as well. And I've got, 
Look, I, I'm with a Giannis under bet because it's great juice for, for my final pick here. I'm not going to make it my pick because I was waffling between two of them, and I do think there's a little bit more. Um, I can expect a little bit more from the other, the one I'm going to give. But I'm saying that I don't hate Giannis under six and a half assists for plus 110 money. Plus, you put that in with a, a money line parlay for the Bucks. Now you're talking about plus 214 on DraftKings uh, and about the same on FanDuel, a little bit worse. Obviously, shop those if you want them. That said, and the only reason I'm going that angle is because in the three previous games before last game that they played Indiana, Giannis averaged six potential assists per game. He only had even seven potential assists in one of those games. The other two were under. So without potential assists, you can't get assists. The anomaly to me was 17 potential assists with 11 assists last game, more so than the other games that he played, where it was like, like you said, Indiana clearly had this take the ball out of his hands mentality, which whatever that means, like, and he had to go for it. But in this one, I, if, especially if, if Connaughton or um, Middleton and or Middleton are out, it, it is a better bet to have fewer shooters around him. Uh, that and, and he's going to need to, like you said, come in and bring it on offense via scoring, getting to the free throw line to try to dominate this game after a loss. That one, little less confidence than this one, which is the official bet of Alperen Sangoon, under 23.5 points, and the Rockets to win. Because I do like the Rockets to win. I, I'm a little bit weirded out by the Nets just dying on last night in against New Orleans, and then, like, does that mean that they're saving it for tonight? Because it kind of seemed like the Hornets did that last night when they dicked us in that Kings game where it was like <laughs> Terry Rozier didn't play the night before, and then he comes out and is just a monster against the Kings who aren't trying against the Hornets. Is that? Do you see a letdown from the Rockets? It's possible, but get rid of getting rid of that five and a half, uh, and just making it a money line bet for them at home makes me feel really comfortable with the Nets on the back to back, like we talked about. Um, and so I, I already talked about why I like the the Rockets to score, but I don't like the points specifically to come from 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 Alpi, who, by the way, heretofore Alpi is Alper and Shangun. Um, and and the reasoning that I have for it is like I do think it's inflated by the fact that it's been twenty and a half for most of the season, and then he just goes on a a, a, sm a smidge of a tear where he's uh, let me make sure I have this right. Yeah, 26, 28, 24, 30, 37, and 22 points over the last six games. Really solid performances, but I don't like who he had to go up against. Like Jalen Duran, great rebounder, not good uh, defender down low. Same with the Pistons overall. Paul Reed was then in when they played the 76ers. There was no Joel in that one. Played Nurkic one-on-one, -on -one, not a great defender. Like, I don't think he can hang with, with Alpi's quickness. And then the Pacers, who allow, like, all of the points in the paint, um, et cetera. So, like, those weren't. Nick Claxton, who say what you want uh, when you're looking at the dude who looks like he's like 200 pounds and like 6'11", but he's a really good defender down low. And when you look at what the Nets can do, defending field goals inside of five feet, defending the paint with and without Nick Claxton, completely different team. Uh, in, in the first like couple weeks of the season when Claxton was not really in the lineup, uh, this was a bottom five team defending centers. You fast forward to now, they are limiting teams to this, like the sixth fewest field goals made inside the paint. Uh, as well as the uh, fifth worst field goal percentage inside the paint because Claxton is a legit defender, not to mention Dayron Sharp as well. Sharp has been in there uh, to, to sort of bother the opposing centers as well. And uh, a lot of the last thing I would say is Jabari Smith and Tari Eason looking like they're playing in this game. Now, Jabari Smith for sure. Tari Eason was questionable after uh, some stuff this morning. Looks like he's going to be playing. That they weren't there. They've been out. And that's a huge part of that. They both missed four of the last six games where LP was doing all this stuff. I think you've got a lot more options for him to pass tonight versus score. Uh, and this is going to be a pretty, at least like decent matchup for Nick's Cla Nick Claxton, who's a very versatile defender at center more so than most uh, is going to have a, an easier time than most centers guarding LP out on the, on the uh, perimeter and then following him, but down to the, uh, to the hoop. Yeah. And those guys, Tari and Jabari are going to have success in the open floor and, and the nets. I think, 
in their last seven are the worst uh, transition defense in the league. So yeah, Shangun is a half court guy when you get into that, that pick and roll scenario. Uh, and when you have to feed him in that, uh, but Claxton is a great pick and roll defender, like you're saying. And, and I think the Rockets will be able to score a ton. Look, if we get the same kind of result as we did last night in new Orleans, certainly there's going to be unders all around for the Rockets starting lineup. Like, 10 points for Zion Williamson last night. So yeah. uh, that's one scenario. The other is where this is a more competitive game, but the Rockets are getting, you you know, they have more favorable matchups everywhere else uh, in, instead of attacking Nick Claxton. So I like the call here. Cool. Yeah, that's that that's that's the one for sure. Maybe a little sprinkle on Yanni just to look really smart if he does get the uh, under seven assists in that one. But Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first uh, NBA play a prop here on a nice big slate. One of the uh, fan favorites of the show here, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to keep going back to it uh, until it doesn't hit. I mean, because Jalen Johnson has been flying over his totals Literally. since he came back. Yeah, I mean, like, he it's 24.5 PRA now. It was 22.5 in his last, uh, I mean, two games ago. He had that, I believe, at halftime. Like, he's going over this with just points and rebounds and averaging four assists on top of it. I mean, he's going over, he's averaging... 34 points and rebounds in his last two since the minutes restriction was off. Like they just gave him one game under his belt, uh, played 29 minutes and he's played 36 in his last two, putting up crazy numbers, 190, 129 offensive rating. Um, you know, his last three against the Western conference now 16.7 points, 12.7 rebounds, 4.3 assists. That includes a 13, 12 and five game at OKC in November. Uh, so again, just going over this without the assists, but adding five assists and the Hawks, I mean, in a game with a 250 total, once again, at home against the Thunder, who are on a back-to-back and just played a high scoring, fast breaking environment against the Celtics. Um, they, they've now given up 17 fast break, break points in their last three. Uh, they're allowing the fourth most rebounds per game on the road, the fourth most rebounds to power forwards specifically on the season and the second highest assisted field goal ratio on the road. So all that speaks well to, to Johnson getting his points and his assists and his rebounds in a, in, in a fast paced environment. And we just don't know if OKC will have the same lift uh, after a, you know, a huge win over the Celtics that get everybody's best shot right now. Going to be a little gassed. Um, Shea's prop is 35 points for this one, but he's expected to go. Um, so we should have plenty of points and, and stats and Jalen is, is, is playing those 36 minutes. I'm with it. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how this game goes. Like it was a very impressive win for that Thunder team, uh, against you, Boston Celtics. I kind of wish we'd called that. Um, but regardless, you sort uh, of maybe did. if Jalen Brown didn't go four for 18, by the way, <laughs> that would have been a, even, Oh, whatever. That was wild. Um, but at any rate, uh, this this one, like the dude who's going to be attacking the rim is is the one that I, I also want in this one, to your point. The one who's going to be upping the pace and like doing everything he can to get out into transition. That's the dude that I want. And and that was the thought why I actually did end up betting on Jalen Brown last night, 22 and a half points, because he gets into the, the, the transition more frequently than literally anybody. Uh, he scores the most transition points in the league, does Jalen Brown. And I was under the impression that the team that wanted to, the, one of the few teams that actually wanted to run with OKC would get out and like have their best transition player do well, but he just missed all of his freaking shots. With Jalen Johnson, I think it's going to be the same concept. I'm looking at the dude who can bring it to Oklahoma, and this is one of the teams that will continue to run with Oklahoma City because they don't have a choice. They don't have any other style of play for, for Atlanta, which is just keep it moving and get as many, and outscore the other team because our defense is 
non-existent. So yeah, I'm there with the dude who can do it all for them. He's like the perfect addition to this Hawks team that they've been waiting for. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, then he's going to be a big impact. But I'm going to go back to the well here, man. I took Dame Lillard under seven and assist, and I don't know why I would change it. I get more juice tonight for him to go under seven and a half assists than I did on Monday when I took it at like minus 135. And now it's at minus 113 on FanDuel for him to get less than eight assists. And it's not something he does very consistently. Uh, this is not Dame Lillard where it's the ball in his hands and he either has the option to drive and kick and get assists off of open threes or to, to just go to the rim. Like that's that's not what it is anymore. Plus you have uh, a couple of the injuries that I, I'm able to, to throw in there, which is Pat Connaughton is obviously one of their best three-point shooters not in there, helps the, the lack of assists. But Dame's only gone over this number 10 times out of 31 games that he's played this season uh, in terms of getting eight assists. So I, I really like that number right there. Four of his last five versus Indy. Uh, I should say actually five of his last six when you date back to Portland now as well. He has gone under this number, only going over once when he was with Portland, under in all three with Milwaukee now against this team. Um, Indy is still limiting point guards to fewer assists and teams to the fifth fewest assists and teams overall about the seventh fewest assists uh, in the league right now for, for any player in part because they foul so much. Uh, you can get to the free throw line against them, so that limits the assists. Plus, a lot of things are wide open. If you want to go and waltz into the lane, you're able to do so. You don't really have to kick it out. There's no reason to have uh, catch-and-shoot threes against this team, which is what they don't give up is a lot of catch-and-shoot threes because they are predominantly playing around the perimeter. Everybody except Miles Turner, and sometimes even Miles Turner, is is not really standing near the paint. Sometimes Aaron Neesmith in there as well is, is playing down low as sort of like their scrappy guy. But point being, like the, the lane is open, man. Um, and if you want it, you can take it. So I, I think that's a big reason for the lack of assists for Dame. Uh, he is uh, now looking at only about 10 and a half potential assists per game that he's getting. 80% assist rate on your potential assists is too high, man. Like, and and the, the most he's had at this point is 11. Uh, last game, he get, he had five assists against this team with uh, nine and a half, nine and a half, nine potential assists in this last one. Um, so yeah, eight assists with nine to 10 to 11 even potential assists is just too much. I don't know if I'm the only one observing this and it feels almost trappy because they're just giving it right back to us, but I'm just going to take it once again for the full unit. I think it's based on the misconception that because the Pacers play high scoring and there's a 257 total, like there'll be assists everywhere, but the Pacers limit assists. Like you're saying, like it, it, they foul, they give up easy walk-in unassisted field goals to guys like Giannis. So it's not like Dame is going to have to run, pick and roll and get them shots. Like there, there'll be shots to go around very easily, including for himself. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the under here. I think the line is too high. Uh, once again, can we talk about Simone Fontecchio? Uh, the pride of whatever province he's from in Italy. Um, but, you know, the Jazz have, have made a lot of lineup shifts late, lately. Um, and with Walker Kessler going to the bench, John Collins starting, Simone has gotten a few starts here and been part of the the plans without Laurie Markkinen. Like, initially, I was like, let me take Laurie Markkinen here against the Pistons. But I'm like, you know what? It, it's been a much more balanced attack from Utah lately, and especially against a bad team. I'd rather get the guy who might get more run in a potential blowout uh, with Detroit visiting. So I'll take over three and a half rebounds for Fontecchio, which is even money or slightly juice to the over. Uh, or and, and, you know, half the unit on points and rebounds, 14 and a half. Because, I mean, he has been shooting well from three. He's made 16 starts this year, averaged 12 and a half a game, four rebounds, hitting 2.3 threes. You know, they, the, the Jazz, Will Hardy went back to Kessler in the starting lineup against NOLA. Uh, and Simone only got 14 minutes, and they lost that game. That's the only game they've lost in this six-game stretch where they've covered in every game, by the way. Uh, but, you know, clearly, then he went right back to 
some more Simone uh, in his last two here. 18 points per game, six and a half rebounds, shooting 56% from the floor, and he's a plus 34. And he's in this six-game stretch here. He's getting a 67% defensive rebound chance, so plenty of opportunities to board up against a Detroit team that is not going to shoot well. Uh, they do limit rebounds, but they're down to now 18th in opponents' defensive rebounds per game. They're more, more limit offensive rebounds. They allow the second most points to small forwards in their last seven here. And um, they're, they, you know, they've allowed double digit threes in 10 straight road games, allowing 20 in the ninth worst uh, in terms of percentage on the road in that span. So I think that's where he'll be able to get his points here. Uh, and the rebounds are, you know, can, can fall his way. Like uh, th- this is an, a nice value for just four rebounds. Sure. Yeah. I, I do like adding the points as well. Um, good on you for finding something in Utah and Detroit, because I was not going to take a look at that game. Um, and just for those who were inquisitive, he's from the Pescata uh, province of Italy in that region there uh, for Simone. It's Simone too, which is beautiful. Love it. Yeah, man. Love it. Love this bet. I was betting on him all uh, summer league. I was like, sweet. A 28 year old professional gets to play against these dudes. 15 plus points. Just run it back the whole time. So he's a good player, man. And once you see him out there, you're like, who's this Fontecchio guy. Um, and he's a dude that can move well enough to, uh, uh, to get the boards. I do like the assist for him as, as well, though, uh, as sort of the, the outlet at times for a really solid shooter and, and in the dunker spot as well. But um, let's go ahead and close it out with a slightly scary under. I'm adding rebounds and assists here to Devin Booker. And I really like the assist. Seven and a half it's just a number I look at, and he hasn't—he hasn't gone on over it without KD. That's—that's that's my biggest thing. Is like this team is not very good on offense now, without when one of them is out. To be very clear, Bradley Beal coming in is is a weird wrench that I don't have a total understanding of how to play because he hasn't played with this team but a couple times, right? And it hasn't necessarily meant uh, a massive spike for for um, Book in the assists, especially because. Katie's been in there and, and he's gotten a few assists and there's been a few less assisted field goals for them when, when all three are on the floor, but with KD in there, he gets eight. Uh, and without him, he gets seven in terms of book. And he's much more of like the true point guard and facilitator when KD is in there because he doesn't have to just be the, the score first kind of guy. Well, now he's got a, a points prop up at about 27 and a half and his rebounds and assists are at 12 and a half. I'm going to take under because uh, I, I like adding the rebounds in there against a really, really good rebounding team in the Clippers, basically the second best rebounding team in the league since they made that trade for Harden and, and shifted their lineup to the way it is. Uh, that's also in part because you have Russ on the second lineup now, which is very helpful for their rebounding uh, when, when guys like Zoo are out, especially with Plumlee Hurt and all that. So with all that said, like Booker to not get the rebounds and assists in this one, plus 110, uh, under in nine of his last 10 without KD, dating back to last season when KD got hurt after playing eight in a row and they won eight in a row right after the trade then he missed a whole bunch of games before the playoffs book uh like i said went under this number in nine of those last 10 games there didn't have bradley beal but the shooting is bad man like this the the the, this phoenix team after going on that seven game winning streak has dipped down in the uh in the true shooting department to a place that they can't afford to be right like they're they're all the way down now in the last seven specifically uh to like 17th which for them uh is not good because they're a team that relies on shooting and and the the Defense being imbalanced, imbalanced once it collapses upon guys like Booker and KD and to a degree Beal, who's still getting his footing back. But uh, in this one, like it's scary because the potential assists are there for him for sure. Like he's the dude facilitating, but he's finding dudes who aren't 
good. Like, I don't know what to say at this point. They're, they're not good shooters. Um, and that's been a big problem for them. Damian Lee actually has been one of the better shooters when, uh, when he's on the floor for this squad. He's out in this one. Uh, the Clippers allowing the seventh fewest assists per game, two point guards in their last seven games, same concept, right in the top five, limiting uh, assists. And they, they have been allowing more assists in that, that crappy stretch of defense that you mentioned in the other, in the best bets video where you took them and they were like, Oh, they were having a real down stretch of D after really looking really good. Uh, and now I do believe that they're a lot back because Kawhi's in. And when Kawhi missed about four games over the last uh, couple weeks here, four of the last like nine games that he missed, their defensive rating shoots up from 113 to 124. So Kawhi's in there, man. He's, he's making a difference this year. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of him, to be honest, for playing on back-to-backs and not bastardizing uh, any game that he's a part of. So uh, let's go ahead, and I feel good about the Clippers in this one, like you talked about in Best Bets. And I do think that um, while Booker might be shooting plenty and 27, 28 points is very doable for him, I think the, the rebounds won't be there and the assists uh, are a bit high as well. Yeah, I mean, might we see more of the Booker when he played alongside CP3 because Beal's in there and maybe Beal takes on more of the facilitating role. And in his last regular season against his last eight against the Clips in the regular season, he's averaging five assists per game, 22 points, very inefficient splits with Kawhi in there, you know, and and Paul George, both being guys to throw at him. I like under for this game in general, so I have no problem with taking a book under. I I did think 27 and a half points is maybe a tick low. No, I think it's low because I think he's just he's going to come out with the mentality that he has to get 30 for them to have any chance at home here. The only thing that gives me pause about the clips to win is just like Devin Booker is going to get 36 tonight. Uh, But if he's scoring that much, yeah, I don't think he's getting double digit assists by any means. Right. Yeah, it's going to take a heroic effort. I thought maybe you would say, "Ooh, I would add the points in there," but I do, I do agree that like the only thing that that gives me pause is one, it's the Clippers, and they could just decide that they don't care tonight. To be honest, um, and the, but the other thing is is the idea that like book could just decide that this is going to be it's going to be a 27 shot night for him right and he's looking to get 40 even if he's a little bit inefficient um, and that also takes away from his ability to get the boards as well especially if he's out there guarding uh, a guy like Harden uh, or even PG like he's not going to have much time to uh, to get down low and, and get those rebounds so yeah Clip should care though this, this is the team that knocked him out of the playoffs like this is a rival and this is their first meeting of the season so I, I do kind of trust them to bring bring it defensively and and Ty Lue to have it schemed up True. And how open is that Pacific division, which uh, a little bet that we talked about, I don't know if you remember, was the uh, Atlantic division to have a better record than the Pacific division. And it was like plus 180 that we took that in our futures video. So that's looking really good, too, because that Atlantic's way better. But that is all the time that we have for you in this one. Continue to follow along, uh, like and subscribe to that page if you would. So you can check out our videos each and every day. We got play of props in this one. Also have best bets that we're bringing you each and every weekday. So until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.